Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. 8.20 on a Tuesday, Recovery Tuesday, we'll call this as we gear up for Game 6. It's happening, don't worry, 6 and the 6, all right? Uh, we got Counterpoint for you. It is brought to you by Pizzaville, 416-736-3636 or pizzaville.ca. They will get you all set up. We got Jamie Ellerton in studio, principal at Canaptis, and a former sta- staffer to Jason Kenney and Tim Hudak. Hello. Hello, Alex. And we got Stephen LeDrew, lawyer, broadcaster, formerly the president of the Liberal Party of Canada, and one-time normal. Ha! Lovely to be here. Great stuff. <laughs> All right. Let's fire away. Let's fire away. We've got <laughs> lots to talk about. Um, obviously, Kevin Durant, the big uh, headliner. Uh, everyone's talking about the fans cheering the fall of, of Kevin Durant. Um, but look, when it became very clear that this was a more serious or a career-ending injury, they gave him a standing ovation on his way out. Um, I'll start. I'll start with you because I know you're following this really closely. But was this a classless moment, as they're saying, stateside, or is this just the real side of sports? No, I thought it was totally classless. I actually tweeted shortly after, before the standing O and after the booze, like, stay classy Toronto, because uh, it was immediately put off. Anyone who's been following this series knows the politics and the history of where Kevin Durant got to today. Yeah. Even if you don't know the contract renewal, will he resign, and the kind of that backstory, you knew he's been injured for a month, serious industry, and there were murmurs and pressure for him to come back. The second he went down, the way he went down... You knew something was wrong. This why, wasn't good. Play, well, then why play? Uh, listen, like, that's a sta- that's a question for the Golden State Warriors medical staff, basketball operations, and for Kevin Durant to make. But obviously, any pro athlete in the NBA Finals elimination game is going to want to be out there. So I'm not questioning that aspect yeah. of it. But if you're a fan there, you like, clearly are invested emotionally in it. Yep. To cheer when a player goes down with an injury is just like totally classless. You're a tool. It reflects poorly on the city, and I think they get uh, deserve all the grief they're getting today. Yeah. See. I- Look, I, I I don't think it's ever okay to to laugh or make fight or light of uh, an injury. However, um, you know this is sports. I don't know if the fans understood it at the time. I think you know we had just taken the ball, like we were in the moment. And I think as soon as the fans, Stephen, realized this is much more serious. But if I'm a Warrior fan, I'm looking at the general manager, crying Bobby, who came out after and said, Buck Stock, well, he's the guy who played him. I think we're making a huge mistake in this discussion because we're talking about fans this and fans that, and then they changed. And this is not, this is not a poll. Some fans are classless. Sure. Most clan- fans in Toronto are not. Mm-hmm. So some people boot it, and they are just a bunch of boneheads, just like that person who was on TV uh, like was last week. Yeah, saying, don't I'm say going, it. You know, do it. Yeah. And uh, we all know. <laughs> <laughs> don't I, say I it. sitting here going, don't say it, don't say it. Stephen. I won't say it. But, you know, I mean, that person was a total boor. Well, you can blame alcohol. Yeah, well, if you drive your car and kill somebody, you can blame alcohol. It doesn't matter. My point is that there are some people who are completely gross. And completely classless, yes. And the majority of them, though, are terrific. And the majority of them reacted properly when they understood that here's a player. We don't care what side he's on. He was uh, injured, and it could be a lifetime injured. And you know what? Listen, give the man, you know, applause and uh, and cheer him on. And so I think that the discussion as to whether, in fact, Toronto fans are classless and rude and gross or not is 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 missing the point. There were some complete jerks there, as there are in all sports things. Most are not. 
Yeah, I think it's definitely being overblown to pretend this is a city of Toronto thing. Yeah, uh, but there were bloody. more than a handful of tools, including the one guy who had his hat backwards with his Coors Light in hand, <laughs> waving at Durant with a huge smirk on his face. Like, that tool today deserves all the grief he's getting. The city of Toronto did the right yeah, thing. The majority uh, applauded, uh, gave Kurt Durant a standing O as he uh, walked off the court. Uh, personally, I'd rather Durant be playing so that the Raptors could beat them. Yeah. And there's no talk that <laughs> no, the, the Raptors after. are the undisputed that's champions. That's when he plays like Hurt. I don't want to see him back in. He's he's scary, man. He is a scary, well, is, scary. Right? I mean, good I think player. that's a very interesting point. Top three player. You'd rather right have the, the the Raptors win when they are at full strength. Absolutely. Can I just remind you that that Kawhi Leonard, when he went down two years ago in Oakland, they did they did cheer quite substantially. Not that it's okay, yeah, but we're better. But Oakland Warriors <laughs> gave a big erupting, yeah. So and make no mistake, if Kawhi Leonard, knock on wood, or any other player, I don't player, think the people I, in Toronto should be held to the same no, standard as the people not. of Oakland. I think but we're I also better. don't think it. I, I, well, I there's no question. I don't. This think is not is. even a matter for opinion. Yeah. It's just All right. the truth. Let's talk about um, Monster Energy drinks because they Boo. have. De- I know they've decided that they're going to take the Raptors to court to sue them over this Lego logo because they say it is a. Uh, it's too close uh, to their logo. Pick your battle. Steven. I mean, it doesn't oh, look anything like their logo. It's just some lawyers went to them and said, we can make some money out of this. If not, we'll certainly make some press out of this thing. And, you know, as in the article that uh, your wonderful producer, Michael, sent to us that, you know, a lawyer is saying, well, you go to court, anybody can win. We just don't know. I think it's silly. Well, the I think win. that they're, I think the lawyers, of course they do. But, uh, I mean, I just think it's uh, it's ridiculous. And anybody looks at it, they can see the difference on it. And is there going to be a mistaking if it was another drink company? Who had that same three sort of three marks? Uh, they say, "Oh, yeah, there could be something mistaking here. Somebody could be mistaking one product for another product, which is the ultimate test. Is anybody going to be mistaking a ticket for the Raptors or some no. paraphernalia for the Raptors with this drink company? But I think, Not it, your life. but I think it's foolish. I think they should take advantage of the, the any similarity. The Raptors Rod, should no the the and Monster Energy take advantage of it because if they take the logo away, and I don't think they will because I don't think they look anything alike. But you, you take the logo from the Ra- Raptors fans will never drink your product again. <laughs> it's like, what? Don't pick this battle. You take that." logo and Raptors fans will be a very good cheese. Yeah, I don't know if you, like, you saw some of the coverage like Peel Street in Montreal yesterday slammed with Raptors fans. And Montreal was nuts. In the nuts. Rough Riders yeah. Stadium where the Saskatch- oh. Saskatchewan Rough Riders play. The Eastern, Pat, the Eastern this United is like States. a genuine Canada thing going yeah. on right now. But it's now. also East and versus Monster West. Thinks they're, New York uh, trying is to win for something. the Raptors. New York City they're oh, saying yeah, the but Montreal. Montreal is not for anybody but Draymond Green actually joked in advance of game one that all of America was rooting against the Warriors because he's already beat all of their teams. <laughs> well, uh, so the Raptors are definitely kind of the uh, the it's beneficiary of the bandwagon in this California. playoffs. But yeah, what Monster Inc. is doing here, I think it's absolutely preposterous. I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if these legal fees get booked as a marketing expense rather than no, uh, a legal be. cost because this is That's a, a, dumb a poor, uh, poor man's attempt to try and generate some buzz. No kidding. Well, speaking of buzz, uh, there was plenty of political buzz last night at the game. No question, we're in political uh, campaigning season. And there were a lot of political ads, and those are very expensive ads. We're talking 50 to 100 Hundred grand per thirty second spot. These are very expensive ads. We saw uh, Andrew Shear. You know, you know that's a conservative party ad. And then, of course, you saw this uh, a number of third party group ads attacking uh, Shear. Here, here's just a bit of a sample of what they uh, had to say. Conservative Andrew Shear. He's hiding something. He'd follow Ontario Premier Doug Ford as he slashes health care and education. Shear will never stand up to Ford. Get the picture. Andrew Shear. His weakness will cost you. Oh yes. 
Well, um, the, you know, I'm not a fan of third-party attack ads from any group. Uh, the left have been doing them for a long time. The right is starting to do them. But the point is there's no accountability. There's no transparency. I don't know where the money comes from. And I think it's unfair, uh, Stephen, that you've got all these unions and groups hiding behind these you know, titles and that, but they're they're there to attack. They're there for politics. They're not there to engage or whatever they're saying or environmental, or whatever. They're there to win and, and defeat. A so let's just ad- let's just address that then. The law should address it if there's a big issue on that. I mean, they've been running in Ontario provincial elections for the Ontario Liberal Party mm. by teachers and other groups undercover, working for, Canadians for yeah. generations. Yeah. I mean, it really has been working for the Liberals, and so. Um, I hear your point, Alex, about accountability, and I think uh, you're right. But uh, I was in Ottawa this morning, and I walked by, and there's a billboard there about uh, the tanker legislation. Was it you know, Bill Z48? 48, 48, yeah. And uh, there, there's a group on the bottom. And uh, I said, well, that group, the person I was walking with, that group could be three people. Mm-hmm. You know, I, <laughs> there is no accountability. So I, for someone to have a political ad without... Uh, the politics, or at least the the originator, I want to know who's paying for it. Yeah, who I mean, look. Yeah, so the actual right. issue here is yeah. both the laws that in Ontario and federally have changed in recent years. Yeah, barely. Part of the not ru- tough not enough. No, but this is the reason. So part of the rush of why you're seeing all this spending happening now. As of June 30th, anyone advertising for federal political purposes in Canada, even if you're a third party, has a spending cap, donor requirements, and a much more greater level of accountability and disclosure requirements. So all of these political groups, it is both the left and the right, are rushing all this stuff out here now when there is no disclosure requirements. Sure, but again, if you're going to change, and the left won't change this because it works to their advantage, but I want to know, are Russians paying for this? Are Americans paying for this? Who's paying for these ads? Is it not good enough, though, um, that it should be, that there should be in, in non-campaign periods, a, people should be able to have advocacy ads. Sure. But again, I want to know who the Yeah, I personally, I don't think there's any need for a cap to restrict these sort of things no, in terms of their ability to raise it. and spend money. I just well, think there should be a, an accountability disclaimer. Paid for as it is now, so long as it says paid well, for you by a made-up organization, exactly. It could be three people. It could be 300. Nobody well, knows. Right. So I think there just needs to be a greater financial... as to who this organization is? Yeah, I think you should know who the boards of the directors of the organization are, who's behind it, and who their funders are. What if it's the same people that have been funding the oil sands campaign? If there's a bunch of foreign-funded actors, I mean, I'm so you're undermining our electoral and our democratic process. Get out of my country. If it's Canadian paid, great. But who are you? I just want to know. Very, very good point. Okay, thanks. All right, we'll... Uh, <laughs> Sunshine, disinfectant. <laughs> we will pause here for just a second, and when we come back, we'll talk about the premiers writing the prime minister about national unity, and, um, yeah, the federal government uh, having a party in China. Let's talk about having uh, Canada Day celebrations in Beijing. Everyone have a party, shall we? Counterpoint brought to you by Pizzaville, 416-736-36 or pizzaville.ca. They'll get you set up. And we will be back here on Point on Global News Radio. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. 835 and round two of Counterpoint brought to you by Pizzaville. 416-736-3636 or pizzaville.ca. They will get you all set up. We got Jamie Ellerton and Stephen LeDrew in studio tonight uh, weighing off. Let's uh, tackle the PC government. The Ford government is... uh, Moving forward, they want the gas station operators to display these mandatory anti-carbon, st- you know, tickets or stickers by end of summer. Just as long weekend travelers are supposed to be set and filling up right before the federal election campaign, uh, you know, gets underway. I'm not a big fan of this, uh, Jamie. I, I don't like private businesses to be forced to do anything. At this point, though, who in politics is not politicking all the time? Uh, straight up, I think this is dumb. Premier Ford, Rod Phillips, 
Minister Fideli, whoever is the ministry responsible for overseeing this, stop it. This is ridiculous. You are spending our money constantly to pay your political battles. You're a political party. You're already in government. Implement the policy. Find other ways to communicate it. Forcing every small franchisee to like put these stickers on their pumps and the logistical overhead of it all. I mean, if it's just yet another. This is supposed to be a government that's open for business, trying to cut back red tape, making like your local Circle K and S. This. This. I would like those out there because I bring well, to then mind years ago, years and years it. ago. I don't think still. I don't think they still have it. I never pay attention to it when I gas up my car. But they used to have stickers on there yeah, for every the, dollar you're spending on this leader. You know, thirty cents is federal tax and twenty cents is provincial tax. And it's just an information that was good because that's people the oil had no, companies doing that though. They yes, can do whatever right. they want to their business. But they uh, people generally had no idea that they're paying that much in taxes. A great information campaign. So <laughs> now the government's saying we want you to have this information campaign. Since you aren't going to do it, we're going to do it ourselves. So I don't know why the oil companies are complaining about it. It's they not the oil companies. It this isn't the oil Who's companies complaining about it. Do you know who owns like gas stations Jamie, or like you? local franchisee people? I think other people oh, think this is ridiculous. Just stick it on there and let people know what they're paying. <laughs> Stick it. All right, speaking of stick it, six premiers uh, wrote a letter to Prime Minister Trustin Trudeau basically telling him to do just that, urging him to... you know, bury two pieces of very controversial federal legislation that essentially uh, this is Bill C-69, B, C-48. These are these are uh, legislative pieces of that of law that will essentially landlock Canadian oil. This is a tanker ban. This is a regulatory change that will make it so hard to get oil to market. Turn us into a third world country. There you go. But these um, these will hurt Canada's. Uh, economy. These premiers say it's dividing Canada. So they wrote the prime minister a letter and here is his response. I think it's absolutely irresponsible for conservative premiers to be threatening our national unity if they don't get their way. Uh, The fundamental job of any Canadian prime minister is to hold this country together, to gather us together and move forward in the right way. Uh, And anyone who wants to be prime minister, like Andrew Scheer, needs to condemn those attacks on national unity. Says guy who back in 2012 uh, said, you know, Quebec should separate, uh, you know, if if Stephen Harper continues to govern. And so, look, I think the prime minister, whether this is political or not, look, I think he has to realize, Stephen, that these people, these premiers are elected by Canadians and and they reflect that message. And they have a legitimate uh, concern about those two bills. It's going to uh, turn time. Canada into a third world country. And, and for that, for the Prime Minister to come back and say, well, you guys are threatening the breakup of Canada because you have an issue with my economic uh, regime that I want to impose is ridiculous for the Prime Minister to say that. A uh, committee in the Senate co- had an issue with these well, bills exactly. and that's why they said don't do and it. And a lot of Liberals yeah. in the yeah. Senate, former Liberals before the Prime Minister picked them kicked another party, pretend had some problem ones? with it. So, yeah. I mean, for the prime minister, that is probably the weakest criticism of those letters that he could ever come. And to say, well, all you conservative pro- uh, le- premiers are trying to break up the country, what hogwash. I hope it reverberates on him, and I think it will. Most Canadians are going to look at that and say, oh, come on. Yeah, but, but he's playing to the base, and Jamie, look, hey, Quebec is his base, and also it's very clear that he's campaigning around the premiers this election I season. think this is more than playing to his base. I think this is also trying to eat the NDP base. The Liberals won the last election of essentially eating the NDP's lunch. Uh, conservatives actually kind of kept their total votes. The percentage of votes, however, went down. As more people turned up to vote, the NDP vote also went down. So if you look at the challenge this prime minister 
Webster has to building an electoral coalition in 338 ridings across the country, he actually probably doesn't give a crap about Jason Kenney or Doug Ford or any kind of mainstream conservative who's going to hear this kind of stuff. When he talks all about national unity and rails against conservative premiers rather than actually be respecting the provinces of of which those people are head in government, (laughs) uh, this is all about charging up the left side of the political spectrum to try and eat the NDP's lunch because without it, he might not be in whatever the makeshift 24 Sussex is. Come, and then that uh, would be even worse because maybe he should be uh, looking at the green because uh, then he's got his eye off the, the, the threat. So it's the green that's. We are going to be expecting then, Jamie, divisive politics for the next uh, four months until the election. No, they're the going prime high. Minister, they're going high. Where the prime <laughs> 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 No fear and division. So the prime minister is going to be out there and he is going to be ramming, ramming this, uh, this lever between the, the people of Canada. Well, All you guys up this... there, I don't care about you. I'm going to mobilize my. That's exactly my what this pro- prime minister is yeah. going to do. And if you look at what his resign for apparently nothing, Jerry Butts did. He was like one of the yellers in chief at anyone who disagreed with him, banding mm-hmm. in them names. There's no name calling on the show, as anyone who heard the uh, intro would say. Yeah, but Jerry Jamie, Butts used to do that all of the time. <laughs> but at the, but and at that the end of- fear and division is all Justin Trudeau has left because his record is abysmal. He's right. disappointed he's the left in the it. environment. He's disappointed the left on electoral reform. And there's been no real movement on either issue. And a kind of more centrist, center-right voters, a teeny tiny $10 billion deficit back to budget, yeah. blew that up. And again, for what? We don't have new infrastructure no, built. There's nothing. no new subways in Toronto. There's no new massive transit expansions. The whole, but having said this that. This guy has nothing to run on. No. So fear and division it will be his raison d'etre. Having said that, though, these two pieces of legislation will uh, destroy this country if they get through. And, uh, and you know, that's going to be an interesting thing yeah. for uh, your listeners to pay attention to the next yeah, two well, weeks. We do, well, we do talk. I do talk but about it. It may, I hope it doesn't. I will. No. There's a great chance that it won't. Yeah. Um, but this is a headline that popped up today. I mean, it's almost appalling. I just don't I Again, what the hell are they doing in Ottawa? But the uh, Trudeau government uh, Crown Corporation is uh, a principal sponsor of a Canada Dame-themed gala in Beijing later this month. So we've got two Canadian uh, men kidnapped and being tortured in jail. We have a relationship with China that is uh, destroyed right now. He is destroying farmers. They are uh, playing and wreaking havoc around the world. And for whatever reason, a government agency, you know, is billing this principal sponsor of a Canada Day in Beijing gala dinner. I think it's a great idea. Who in in their right mind thinks that having a party and lobster and steak and supping it up over Grey Poupon and what? Like, who thought this was a good idea? Have you ever had Grey Poupon? I haven't. I don't like it. I'll stick to the real mustard, okay? I'm not normal. But who thinks this is a good idea? No, I actually think some of this is a political kryptonite. And if you look at kind of how these things come to be, these are people who are detached from the day-to-day realities of what's going on But Trudeau in said, Canada. But Trudeau said it was a political reason for doing it. So he's clearly aware of it. Well, actually, I, I think this is a great idea. First of all, when you're having discussions and problems with other countries, you don't shut up. You don't close the doors. You don't put up barriers. You, you have a conversation. And the best thing we could do right now is cho- show the Chinese government and the Chinese people that, you know what, it's a great place in Canada. We want more Chinese individuals to see this parade, this dinner, whatever the heck it is, and say, I want to go and visit there. I want to mm-hmm. go to Canada. I want so to have more discussion. So that is how like, our tourism agencies and stuff work. But when you look at kind of how, honest, I think it's very how little this government has delivered on this file and just how out to lunch the President Xi Jinping well, eating Trudeau's dinner is later. on this. Uh, is this actually going to make a difference? If the Chinese really wanted to, they could stop all the Chinese tour groups coming tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And one lobster fest no, on Canada Day, would. paid for by the Tourism and Crown Corps, isn't going to make a damn the money of a difference. This government is spending. This is relatively 
chicken. This is nothing to it. it does, it's not oh, the course. money. This is what it's, our embassy, this is what our tourism commissions do. But it's yes, the optics. I think the optics of like Canadians promoting this while uh, the rest of it is up in arms is a real uh, needing of a rethink. And I think, uh, forget even, let's talk, not forget, but in addition to the two Canadians who are in jail, a there's real... a million Uyghurs who are actually in a concentration camp in China right now. Oh, absolutely. Yet the world keeps going on this. So, we like, should yeah, not be nice like, to the Chinese right, government. Until, until, should be having a party. Until the it, collective West actually finds their damn spine and starts to stand up for our values and have no real consequences. Their fingers up in the uh, air. This I stuff's agree not going to change. That, but we should not shut down communication. Have a party. Let our diplomats do something over there. We don't have any over right, there. Right. Okay. There you go. All right, guys. Yeah, I'm well, <laughs> Remember, that was another liberal who designed in We still have diplomats there. <laughs> We've got no, so no, many scandals, we don't even remember them anymore. We're now countering the counterpoints. He's like, so four months ago. I hope you all enjoyed this trip down memory lane. Your Pizzaville will be arriving soon. Pizzaville. All right, guys. Thank you very much. we got Jamie Ellerton tonight, as well as Stephen LeDrew. Let's call each other names. All right. None of my show. And, of course, Counterpoint brought to you by Pizzaville. 416-736-3636 or Pizzaville. Here on Point on Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.